Hey guys, Wes here letting you know that this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast is presented in part by Home Field. What is Home Field? I'll tell you, a lot of y'all already know because you've been you've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for the day when Home Field would announce its University of Tennessee collection and unveil it to the public. And I'm here to tell you right now that it is happening this Saturday, July 24th at noon Eastern, homefieldapparel.com. And you can go to the social sites there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. You just search for Home Field. They'll take you right to it. And what is Home Field, guys? Home Field is a premium collegiate apparel brand based right here in the USA, right up the road in Indianapolis. And they make comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Home Field's right in the middle of its big new Saturday Season 2 special where for 16 consecutive Saturdays, they'll announce a partnership with a new university and present a new line of clothing. This Saturday, it is finally the University of Tennessee's turn to step on into the box and take a swing with Home Field. And I'm telling you guys, you're going to really, really like this stuff. I can't tell you exactly what it looks like right now because I'm not legally allowed to. But when it drops, I can tell you. And until then, I can give you some teases here, guys. There's a lot of orange, a lot of smoky, a lot of really good-looking, cool vintage stuff here. And you want to know what makes Homefield different? I'll tell you what makes Homefield different. These guys go through the archives and the history of the school. When they partner with somebody, they mean it. They go through the history. They go through the archives. They find really special moments, and they, they find really cool things, and they're thoughtful about how they make. These things are very, very unique to the University of Tennessee. You will love them. They're going to have, starting with 15 pieces of apparel. And what are we talking about here? We're talking about T-shirts. We're talking about hoodies, crew necks, etc. It's just the start with 15 stuff here, 15 things. Guys, these things are awesome. You're going you're gonna to want to wear them. I can tell you right now that they're super comfortable. They look great. They look really, really great. And you're really going to like them. I like these things. My wife loved these things. You're, you're really, really, really going to like them. And here's the best part about it, guys. When you go to homefieldapparel.com on Saturday starting at noon Eastern, you can go get anything you want. You get 15% off of your first order, guys. 15% off when you use the checkout code VOLS247. Again, go to homefieldapparel.com. Get all that great stuff you want. It's in the proper Tennessee orange. Got some proper vintage throwback logos here. Really cool stuff. Really comfortable stuff. You're going to want to get a lot of it. And when you get a lot of it, you go to the checkout, you click in promo code VOLS247, and you'll get 15% off. So go do that right now, guys. While you're listening to this podcast, go check it out. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code VOLS247. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, almost football time in Tennessee time. Is the other UT coming to the SEC time? Is there room at the SEC end time? Lots and lots to talk about time. NCAA punishment time? I don't want to end on that one time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on just a gorgeous but steamy Thursday afternoon here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. 
located just a couple miles here in Old North Knoxville, just just next to Needland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena, Lindsey Nelson Stadium, all that right there on the University of Tennessee campus. You can see it. You can see the lights uh, from up here in the studio uh, certain times of the year. Lots and lots and lots of good stuff to talk about in this episode, in this edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Not just me on this edition, though. Let's go across town to an undisclosed location, uh, and that means, of course, that we're going to the one, the only Patrick Brown. Pat, what is up? I'm just trying to stay cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot one out there today. Have you gotten can, your Can own you believe book? it's... It's six weeks until Tennessee's playing a football game. Can you believe that? It's crazy. And uh, I was thinking about, speaking of the weather, are you going to try to get out there and mow today? Or uh, is this going to be a little too hot for your for your liking? Uh, no, I, I don't need to mow today. I'm looking at the grass out here because uh, up here on the second floor, you look down out there into the backyard. might be time to, to mow this afternoon. It's going to be a hot one, but that's okay because I'm in primo shape so athletically so that will be a really really easy thing to do lots and lots to discuss on this episode guys pat and i just got back earlier this week from sec media days down in hoover alabama which is right next to birmingham a little suburb there at the winfrey hotel uh, lots and lots of uh, interesting stuff from there it, it was a, a little bit more subdued than usual there were no fans inside uh, there on the first floor there were uh, because of COVID stuff, the, there were fewer uh, media passes allotted to outlets. So as opposed to like 1,500 reporters being there, there were significantly fewer than that. Uh, we usually send our entire crew down there, but only Pat and I went down this year. Lots and lots of stuff to discuss from that. Before that, though, just a couple of quick housekeeping uh, items. I've been noticing this recently, um, and it's been mentioned a couple times on GoVols 24-7's checkerboard. Uh, also got an email about it. And uh, guys, we have really sensitive microphones here on the podcast, and they are very, very uh, good microphones. But because of that, uh, when you're trying to produce a podcast by yourself uh, while being on the podcast, you will have to hit some keys and stuff, and there's some background noise involved there. I will try to cut down on that. I don't know if I can completely eliminate it, but I have heard your concerns, and I do agree with them after going back and listening to some more episodes again. So we will work on that. That is the first thing. Uh, second thing, uh, there is some baseball news uh, before we clear the deck and do completely football stuff uh, for the rest of this episode. Uh, Tennessee did on Thursday get a big commitment, uh, a big, big commitment that Tennessee baseball, frankly, needed. Uh, a catcher from West Virginia, Matt McCormick, has transferred or is going to transfer to the University of Tennessee, joined Tony Vitello's Vols. They needed a catcher after losing uh, three guys, uh, three guys who were uh, either seniors or juniors who, who got drafted uh, from last year's College World Series team. Uh, this kid's hit 300 with a whole bunch of homers and extra base hits his first two years. They're at uh, West Virginia, so we'll call that a reverse Daryl Middleton since Tennessee football defensive lineman Daryl Middleton is going to go to West Virginia. So we'll call McCormick the reverse Middleton since he's coming back the other way down Southern Appalachia. So big get there. Tony Vitello obviously signed the, the contract extension, spoke at length with him on Wednesday uh, about them working on some stuff for the stadium. Uh, he thinks that both of the pitchers they've added for the transfer portal, uh, which would be Seth Halverson from Mizzou and um, Chase Dollander from, from Georgia Southern, he thinks they both could be first-round picks next year. So that's big news. Uh, so we'll have lots to discuss there. And I am working on something with Vitello to get him uh, as a guest for a full episode here in the next little bit. He's still doing a bunch of recruiting stuff, but as soon as he gets back from all that, uh, I think we'll be able to get him in uh, to, to guest co-host an episode of the Go Vols 
24-7 podcast with us. That should be fun. Um, but we've gotten all that stuff. Those were baseball nuggets I had to bring to you. Um, but now, and obviously the NBA draft coming in next week, we'll have plenty to discuss about that next week. But now we've cleared the deck for football. And, Pat, before we talk specifically about – got one quick note. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Happened. Drop it. Drop it. Um, not really a surprise, but uh, Branson Robinson was a running back that Tennessee uh, swung for. Um, he is a top two four seven guy, high four star guy. Uh, they actually got him on campus for an official visit last month. He just announced his commitment to Georgia. Uh, Tennessee Tennessee had a hat on the table. They were on the hat. Uh, they were on the table between Alabama and Georgia, so uh, they were swinging big there. But uh, not really a surprise. But just wanted to throw in there that Branson Robinson did commit to Georgia just now, as was expected. Thanks, Debbie Downer. I know I had to be I had to be the uh, the uh, Ben Wyatt to your Chris Traeger after you bring the good news and then I bring the bad news. Yeah, that's that, a Parks and Rec reference for yeah. those who may not have watched the show. That is literally the perfect reference. Uh, there you go, you perfect. Just, that you just Wait, made right good, there. Good follow up there, Wes. But before we get specifically into Tennessee football, uh, there's some really interesting. SEC football stuff going on. You may have heard, and I would imagine by now that you have heard, uh, that uh, the SEC, which expanded to 14 teams just a few years ago, now might be going to 16, and it might be putting two hellaciously big heavy hitters into the mix. There are rumblings going around that uh, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma uh, have made inquiries to the SEC about possibly joining the conference. And, and I will add this. We learned from all the latest expansions a few years ago, conferences do not ask to join a conference unless they know they are going to be accepted. Uh, that's usually how it goes because uh, the, the, uh, it, it's, it's agents and, and, and you know administrators do work behind the scenes and then you eventually get things where – uh, it's to a point where you will not really ask unless you are pretty confident you're going to be accepted. So that would be humongous news. Uh, you would potentially then be shifting the SEC into two divisions of uh, four pods each. Well, so well, they might not even do any divisions at all. I mean, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's. I don't. I, I think I, they still would, but yeah, I don't hate the two divisions, four pods thing. I, I don't. I don't hate that. Um, but of course, then, you know, beyond making it obviously more difficult for teams to win championships. And I got to tell you, if I'm Texas and Oklahoma, money is the only reason that I am doing this because it is infinitely easier for those programs to get a college football playoff spot going through the Big 12 than it would be to join well, this ridiculous I mean, SEC. Well, that's that's the thing is that, I mean, this sport is. The, the next decade of the sport is going to, I think it's going to have a lot of drastic changes just because, uh, I mean, we've seen it with NIL, we've seen it with the transfer portal. Um, and, and, you know, there's always sort of in this specter, this possibility that the power five might break away, right? They might say, forget you and say, we're going to do our own thing. There's so much money involved. And that's what this move would be about is the super conference. I mean, the SEC is the headline league and, in college football. So what's to say they can't add Texas and Oklahoma who will have to probably pay a lot of money to get out of the big 12 before um, the, the the big 12 TV deal with ESPN and Fox runs out, I think after the 2024 season. Um, And so, but if you, if you're the sec and you've got, you're already the big dog. And then you add these two, these two big programs, you could go to any, 
any television network, but probably even more streaming service, right? I mean, streaming is, is the way things are going now. You know, when the last round of expansion, it was about getting, uh, right, it was about cable networks, it was about expanding yeah. your range for the SEC, it was about getting into those Texas markets, it was about getting into the St. Louis market, maybe, Missouri, although that one's still kind of, I don't know about that, but good good job for Missouri about, you know, they got off the boat early, or they got in the boat early, I should say. Um, and so, you know, you just look at the NFL, you know, what, what's that TV contract worth? That's in the billions of dollars, right? And so what's to say that the SEC can't say, we'll take you Oklahoma and Texas and then pitch and get uh, just an inordinate amount of money for a TV deal that would make even Texas foregoing Longhorn Network money or, uh, you know, paying $70 million to the Big 12 or whatever to get out of it make it feasible and make it even, you know, yeah, we're going to have to pay a lot, but we're also going to make X number of times more. So um, that that's, you know, that was a huge, huge deal that was dropped by the Houston Chronicle yesterday, like right before Texas A&M went. That was so strategically moved uh, or so strategically planned by whoever. Uh, the pettiness in Texas football is just – or their football in the state of Texas, you have to admire it from a distance because – they clearly did that right before Texas A&M was there. And, and the, my favorite conspiracy theory is that Texas A&M's athletic director was there. He was probably the only athletic director that was in Hoover all this week. And so what was he doing there? Probably He probably might have thought this was coming and yeah. wanted to be where he could pull, you know, any one of 10 national guys that are in the building and say, hey, here, here's my comment on this right, you know, uh, right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to make – you know, from Tennessee standpoint, I know this is a Tennessee podcast, and y'all don't want to necessarily hear about Texas and Oklahoma, but I mean, this, to me, this is such a huge story. We could not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, right? we, ha- we have to discuss it. And so, um, you know, whether they go to pods, whether they go to divisions, if it's pods, I mean, it, it almost looks like it's probably going to be some sort of mini NFL, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the whole sport, really. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be. They're going to, you know, they're shifting to a 12 team playoff to where um, you don't have to be pretty you know the sec champion or the next best team in the sec to get into the fourteen champion you can be the third or fourth best team in the sec and maybe get in um and so that's going to change the dynamic um i think this is probably going to have a better chance of surviving than the european super league and soccer did yeah um, that lasted about 48 hours this one's gonna last. I, I think it'll probably happen honestly if i was there's a lot of people that seem to be more tuned in on a national level and have a better understanding of these things that think it's going to happen but uh, it, it's not going to be easy. I mean, there's going to be politics involved. Texas A or Texas, you know, Texas A&M is going to fight it. Oklahoma State's going to fight it. Uh, what happens to the other teams in the Big Twelve? Because that's you know, if Texas and Oklahoma are gone. That 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 conference is dead. Yeah, it's I gone. Mean, it's done. I mean, yeah, you, it's, they, it's they so, might they might keep the name and try to add a couple of other like I don't know, take some some AAC teams or something and try to keep it afloat. But I don't I don't know how that but, would work. But who do, who's to say that that's not this isn't the first sort of domino in some sort of power five breakaway where we have, you know, 16 to 20 team, quote unquote, super leagues. They form their own thing, break away from the NCAA uh, now because NCAA rules. I mean, what what are NCAA rules now anyway? I mean, they don't really govern college football at this level anyway. And now, you know, I guess their main governance before was to make sure people weren't paying players and now players can make money. So, um, you know, and so, you know. Well, it has to this make seems sense. like the first. This seems like the first pond into the lake, so to speak. And there's going to be a lot of ripple effects, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But, um, but yeah, if it if it was if you're if you're looking at 
maybe a division system, I would think they would keep they would kick Missouri over to the west side and then bring Alabama and Auburn to the east. Um, and, and that looking at those divisions, that would be all right. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee on one side. But then you'd have LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas, A&M, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. Those seem pretty competitively balanced and geographically balanced. So, you know, that, does that make it much more difficult if you're Tennessee? You're still probably going to have to play Georgia, Florida, and Alabama anyway. <laughs> yeah, year, every, so not every, pod, for you. every single pod that I've seen people – uh, bring up has Tennessee and Alabama in the same pod. So if you're strictly speaking from Tennessee's perspective, if the only teams you're guaranteed to play every single season are the three in your pod and uh, Florida and Alabama are both like in Tennessee's pod or something like that, that would make the rebuilding job at Tennessee even more difficult. Let's just put the cards on the table and admit the truth there. Uh, you know, because well, Tennessee right now is the only team from the East that's got to play Bama every year, which already makes it tougher. And then if you got to play them every single year from your own pod, that makes it even tougher, I would imagine. It, and that was something that is brought up every year at SEC Media Days is that people are asked these coaches, do you want to go to nine conference games or do you want to keep the cross-divisional opponents? And most of the coaches are like, no. Um, yeah, but they Tennessee didn't want to go. They didn't want to go from six to seven. They didn't want to go from seven to eight. They're not going to go yeah, but, from eight to nine, but it's going to happen. But, you know, and one of the reasons they kept the permanent cross-division game is because Tennessee's been like, we're, we're not losing this Alabama game. And I'm like, at some point, you've got to, like, realize what's better for your program. Your, what's better for your program is not to play Alabama every year. Yeah, I mean, it is. I know some people don't want to hear that. Traditionalists are going to be yelling at me and stuff. But um, I've always wondered why, um, you know, why that's been the case. And, and, and one other note on, on this on this potential expansion deal is that all of this stuff is, for the most part, done at the – president chancellor level so head coaches are going to have input they're going to tell their leadership what they want um and, and same goes for athletic directors but a lot of these things are done at the higher level than even those a higher not i want to say higher pay grade because i don't know what presidents and chancellors make for universities but that that's they're making decisions not only for athletics and not only for football but for every sport um and, and they have to make it for also the the campus itself so um it's gonna be fascinating i you know I know, I've seen some people that on our board that have been very much like, we don't want this. This is not good. It's going to make things harder. Um, and those all might be true. Since he's made it hard on itself the past decade. So let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure this is going to like drastically, you know, change until Tennessee gets its own house together. What do they need to worry about the house around houses around it? But I, I just think this is going to be sort of the first domino and, and this sport is going to go, undergo so many changes and so many sweeping big major scale changes over the next 10 years um that you know and they're all going to be driven by money and i think that's why that's probably why this is ultimately going to happen but you know that could be years down the road before it actually comes to uh or it could or it could bomb right now i mean there's just so many uh there's going to be so many entities that are going to step up and try to stop this that you know who knows and, and texas may want to do their own thing i mean texas is you know they, they view themselves as um, you know, there, I've seen it floated that they may go independent and they could probably do that and survive. Um, it, it hurts and, the other sports a lot though. It hurts the non-football sports quite a bit. I true. Think. But I mean, it's not like they're struggling for cash over there. That's so. true. But I mean, I'll, I'll say this, just a couple of quick things before we move on about this one, uh, you talk about the, the, the politics of it. Um, 
Texas A&M would be the only school that I know of that 150% would veto or try or, or would vote no to the move. Texas A&M moved out of the Big 12 to get away from Texas, not because they didn't want to play Texas anymore, but because they were tired of the sweetheart deal Texas had with the Big 12 where they get the Longhorn Network, they get you know their own TV deal, they get the extra money, they don't split the league. Like the SEC splits it evenly. Uh, the Big 12 does not do that. Uh, it, Texas gets – more than everyone else, and then Oklahoma gets more than everybody else but Texas. And I think the Longhorn Network would almost have to go away if I don't think the SEC would allow Texas to have its own network uh, that would stay. And I don't think that would happen. I think the Longhorn Network would have to be dissolved or melded, you know, molded kind of into that. But uh, politically speaking, uh, unless I'm mistaken, 11 of the 14 SEC chancellors, uh, presidents would have to vote for. Texas and Oklahoma to get both of them into the Correct. league, and other than A and M, I don't know who would vote no. To be honest with you, I just don't. No, I, I don't know either, and that's that's one. Um, the other thing about the interesting about the Longhorn Network is I was reading our Texas site um, with Chip Brown, who is locked in there pretty oh, yeah. good. Oh yeah, um, that that deal runs for another decade. Um, that deal runs through like twenty thirty one, and from what he was reporting that that deal is backloaded. So Texas is going to make more over this decade with the Longhorn Network deal with ESPN than they did over the first, I guess, decade of it. So you know, are they going to pass that money up? I mean, that's, that's a big question that they're going to have to answer. Uh, again, though, they could pass that money up and, and pay $70 million to leave the Big 12 and then make, to, you know, how many times more than that from, you know, the SEC signing a, a billion-dollar television deal as sort of a, a mini NFL or an NFL light. I mean, it would be the NFL equivalent on Saturday, would it not? I mean, yeah, it would be. That's I mean, that's be. what we're talking about. If you're the if you're the big dog conference like the SEC is and has been, and probably will continue to be, especially if this if this gets, moves gets move gets pulled off, or maybe they go to twenty, I don't know. Um, the money that that's going to be potentially on the table from a television deal and a streaming deal and all that stuff is going to be it, it's going to blow out whatever Texas has to pay or whatever Oklahoma has to pay the big 12 to leave early or whatever they might forego with the long form network. If that's what it has to come to, but um, there's just, yeah, that's just, it's very interesting. And uh, it's really fascinating to watch from, from sort of a distance. Yeah. The very last point I'll make before we go to break here and, and move on to talk only Tennessee is that I think, the reason why Texas going independent doesn't work, uh, it, there's a few reasons for that quickly. One, uh, I, I don't think the Big 12 would allow – I think if, if, if the Big 12 loses Texas football, I think the Big 12 dissolves, basically. So you wouldn't be able to have a situation where you could play in the Big 12 and everything but football and be independent in football. I don't think that would fly. The SEC is darn sure not going to allow you to be SEC only for non-football sports. They would never do that. I don't believe the Big Ten or, you know, big however many would either. So I, I don't – and if you go independent, what are you doing with your other – all of your other sports? And Texas obviously puts a ton of money into football, but, you know, you got a you know an, an iconic baseball program there. you got a solid men's basketball program there. you got a bunch of solid women's sports programs. I, I don't think that you – I just don't see a pathway for Texas being independent. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I I just don't – I don't think they can get one of those deals like Notre Dame does where they play in the ACC and everything but football. I, I don't I don't think that works necessarily. So I, I don't – I don't. I think Texas would have that, to that, either that, stay in the Big 12 or go to the SEC. That's a good point. I mean, you look at some of the other big independents. BYU is independent of football, but I think they're in the West Coast Conference and yes. a lot of other sports. Yes. No, they are in basketball. 
Mm-hmm. I think they're in baseball too. Notre Dame's in the ACC and pretty much every sport but football. Uh, they were in the ACC for football last season under unusual circumstances. So that, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I just don't think they would allow them to do that. So that's again interesting. And then the very last thing, uh, obviously Oklahoma State would fight tooth and nail um, because if if Oklahoma left and Texas left, the Big 12 dissolves. Um, I don't think that the Pac-12 with its academic reputation would be killing to add Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma State. No offense, T. Boone Pickens, but I don't think that's really a Harvard-type school. I don't think they'd want to add that into the that. So then, like, what happens with, with Oklahoma State? Like, can they get into the Big Ten? Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that, that, makes it, that makes it really tough. So I don't know um, – that that complicates things quite a bit. So uh, Oklahoma State would fight that with everything it has, probably, and so that that would be another complication. But again, if Texas and Oklahoma want to do something, uh, I and the SEC wants if eleven of the fourteen SEC programs want Texas and Oklahoma, and Texas and Oklahoma want to go to the SEC, that will not be stopped because that is too many of college foot college sports biggest power brokers who all want the same thing and every time that happens they want that they're going to get that so that would be how that would go but that's it's something we had to discuss because it's a huge huge news it could potentially affect tennessee or the rest of the sec for so many so many ways it would be really really interesting could get more battles to, to see who the real ut is all that good stuff so plenty of good stuff there well um, the real ut is tennessee because the other ut wouldn't exist without tennesseeans that i i I agree with that, but you know there are other people in the country who who don't subscribe to that theory. So we well, could, so wrong, they could fight, so. but they could fight it out. They could fight it out. That's what I'm saying. We want conflict. Conflict is good, right? Conflict. People just say we want clicks, right, Pat? And conflict means clicks. So that's all I'm saying. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying, right? Conspiracy theories. Let's put our tinfoil hats on. But in all seriousness, uh, we're going to step away, guys. We're going to pay some bills, listen to products, add service, just take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss actual Tennessee football, just the Vols, what we saw at SEC Media Days from Josh Heupel, from Valus Jones Jr., from Alante Taylor, all kinds of other good stuff. Uh, some good news, some not so good news, some we'll see, undecided news, all kinds of stuff to discuss. Let's step away, be right back, and we'll discuss it then. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio and Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location here on a Thursday afternoon in God's own beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. Got plenty of stuff to discuss vis-a-vis Tennessee football, and we will get back to that in just one second. Before we do that, though, a quick reminder, guys, if you could please take a minute or so out of your day right now, a minute and a half, two minutes tops, Go in there and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's no problem with that. But what really, really helps us is if you go into whether you're on your uh, your 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 smartphone, your tablet, your computer, your laptop, whatever you got there. If you go either an Apple Apple Podcast, if I can say it right, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. If you can go in there and subscribe to it and you could rate and review it, leave a nice review there, that helps us out. We do this for free and we're happy to do it. But if you go in there and do that, uh, that really helps us keep spreading this thing as we've done uh, you know, for, for just about every week and every month since we started this thing a few years ago. Uh, love the numbers. Numbers look great. Everything's awesome. But we want to keep it growing, right? You know, so Thrive, survive, or die. So we want to keep this thing going, and that helps us do that. And lastly, this is your final day if you want to go in there to GoVols247.com, which is the best site on all of Al Gore's internets. You, this is the last day. This, as we're recording this, Thursday, July 22nd, final day uh, to go in and get 50% off of an annual subscription, which is a ridiculous deal, ridiculous deal. And you can still get in there to that free access to CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, I should say. It's Paramount Plus now. I need to find, I need to put a money jar in here to find myself every time I say CBS All Access because it's Paramount Plus now, which means there's even more. And so uh, that's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free. No one else can do that. We can. So go to GoVols247.com now, right there on the homepage. You can click on the story, big 50% off. You can't miss it. Go click on that and go in there and give us money. We like money. Money helps us. Pat's got all those kids to take care of. We like your money. Uh, but we're still not asking for much of it. So go in there and do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pat, we got back, I believe, earlier this week from Hoover, Alabama, SEC Media Days. And um, before we, when we left, the whole Texas, Oklahoma stuff hadn't really blown up yet. So we were just kind of talking regular media day type stuff, right? So there's plenty of things. I think we, we pulled out what we thought were the three um, most interesting tidbits um, for Tennessee uh, news the, items. Yeah. So the speak. three, the three, the three like hard crispy news items. And what did you think those were, Pat? Uh, they were Josh Heupel being optimistic about Tennessee's NCA situation, which you would expect him to be, but, yeah. um, and I don't want to, uh, butcher the quotes. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, he basically, it sounded like to me kind of suggested that, it wouldn't be a, a long-term lasting impact in terms of the, the, the potential sanctions. Um, the end of his quote was, uh, I quote, I feel like we've positioned ourselves to swallow up any of the potential sanctions here in the first year and be able to move forward and go compete. Obviously this has been uh, a situation that's uh, hindered Tennessee in recruiting. This has been a situation that's been out there. It's obviously something that they're having to address. Um, with players that they're having on campus and things like that. And so uh, I, as far as I know, the investigation is still going on. The, the legal fees are in the 600-something thousands uh, of dollars. Uh, I, I doubt Tennessee announces anything before the start of the season. But, um, and, you know, at this point, I, you know, if I'm Tennessee, they haven't done this. They, they've had the NCAA at each step throughout this process. But um, I, I wonder what, what, what the outcome is going to be. Do they do a bull ban? 
do they even need to do scholarship reductions? They're already so far below the number anyway. Um, and so that, you know, those are the, the potential options or, or maybe the potential things that have been talked about. I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, Heupel did, like I said, he, he made it sound like it was going to be something that wasn't going to hamper the program long-term. Um, obviously the uncertainty is what's hampered the program in the near term. Um, and that's, that's, I don't think there's any question that's probably hurt their recruiting to some degree, but sure. They wouldn't, uh, they, they wouldn't be number 40 probably right now, if not for that. Right. If, if we're honest. And, and he also told, uh, Pete Tamell of Yahoo that, that he thought that there, the outcome would be done by the end of this year, which if you're Tennessee, you've got to be hoping that this thing doesn't drag on to 2022. Um, and, and you know, I, I wonder at this point if, if the uncertainty and, and the longer it drags on, the more damage that does than what the actual sanctions will be. Right. I mean, if you miss a bowl game, that's that's not the end of the world. Um, but if you don't get five recruits that you maybe could have gotten if you weren't, if you had the situation was cleared up, that could have a longer lasting impact. So um, that was one of the main things. The other thing was, uh, and this was a topic all week, was the vaccination levels for COVID-19 for uh, across the league. Greg Sankey, the two big things I thought he said on Monday when he kicked things off and Hoover were um, he said six of the, uh, the league's 14 teams have, have passed the 80% threshold. Um, for COVID vaccination for players and staff. And the other thing he said is that, you know, unlike last year, when if you couldn't play, it was just a no contest. If a team misses, the team can't play this season for COVID reasons, that's a forfeit. And I think the NFL has said the same thing today, that if, if team, you know, uh, for the SEC, like last year, right, they had the week at the end of the season where they could, you know, push games, right? They built in an extra week into the schedule. Uh, in case teams had to have game postponed or moved or they moved the schedule around a bunch of times. I think they got in all but maybe two games over the course of the season. But that last week, like right before Christmas, was was just about a full schedule. They don't have that this year. There's no flexibility. So um, if you get to a situation where COVID caused you not to be able to play, then that's a loss. <laughs> you're, you're forfeiting that game. It's not going to be just a, a no contest. And um, Heupel said that Tennessee was not to 80%, um, but was close. And I said that they thought it – but. They thought that threshold could be attainable um, to uh, I, you know, before the season started. Uh, obviously, the SEC and and, and uh, Tennessee they can't make their their players and, and coaches get the vaccine. Maybe it's a little bit different at the professional level for those professional leagues, but all of those entities are sort of incentivizing it. And the SEC, the, their medical task force, I think in May said that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to do the same testing protocols, which uh, is, is three times a week during the season. So uh, you don't have to test, I think, unless you're symptomatic. Um, and you also don't have to quarantine if you come into contact with someone that's been exposed. Correct. So that potentially cuts down on how often you have to test and if you have to go into quarantine, which obviously Tennessee can only look back to last year and see how much of a headache contact tracing was, the quarantining was. Um, you know, Testing three times a week is probably not fun for anybody. Um, having done it for you know a full year for them, so um, it's obviously incentivized for teams that if you have the vaccine, you have the potential to uh, maybe run into fewer issues with COVID. And and probably all you need to know is that Alabama is more than ninety percent vaccinated. So yep. the best program in college football is pretty much has all the you know they're pretty much almost to everybody in that program is vaccinated. Yeah, so. they ain't forfeiting anything. Exactly. You know they're they're going out to win a title. They're not going to let the, the the virus slow them down. So. Um, and the third thing, what was the third thing? Oh, Tennessee's moving to morning practices. Um, that was a decision that um, Heupel and, and the players discussed. Um, I think a lot of players are probably on board with it if they ended up doing it. I know Heupel did it at UCF. Um, 
And Tennessee's done it before. They did it under Derek Dooley, and everybody will say, well, why is he doing what Dooley did? Well, he, he did it at UCF, and you know, they, they won a lot of football games on there. So um, the way he made it sound, Heifel made it sound that the players would be getting to the complex about 7.30 a.m. Um, each morning, and practice would be practices would be shortly after that. That is going to start for preseason camp, which the start date for that is August 4th. Um, so that's going to be uh, a change in the schedule. It's something that you can't do immediately. So they probably had this discussion back in the winter, back early in the spring, because you have to shift everybody's schedules for class from having morning classes, afternoon stuff. So um, that that's going to change every. That's going to change. Um, that's going to be uh, something that Heifel. Uh, I think he pitched it probably to the players and, and probably saw the benefits of it. And uh, if you're a player, I think it probably it, you know. I don't know if these guys are morning people or not, but you're getting up and doing football first while you don't have, you know, you're not doing it after you've gone to half day classes. So, um, you know, maybe that's something that's uh, going to benefit them. It may not make a difference at all, but uh, it's something that they're doing. And, um, and so you won't have to be well, some of our post-practice stuff for, for you guys out there that want to read it. It'll be coming in around noon and one, as opposed to six or seven. So, um, you guys will be more distracted at work. Yeah, and I'll say this. About so you guys are all big. The fans are big winners in this, too, because, again, they can be distracted at work while reading Go Balls 24-7 instead of being distracted from their, their families at night. Yeah, and, and we can actually maybe see our families at night during the season, which wouldn't right. be such a bad thing selfishly. But I'll, I'll say this, too, about morning practices, and this was one of the points Dooley brought up, and this is one of the reasons why I thought it was a good move at the time, and I still think if you can do it, it's the right way to do things. As it is right now, basically, if you're a Tennessee football player during the season, you can take classes from like 8 a.m. until like just after noon. Um, but then you, you know, maybe, maybe even there into one, but then you got to get in for meetings, you got to get in for practice. And then sometimes and those have, classes are after workouts in the morning, too. Most yeah. Times. Yeah. And then you have to go after that into sometimes you have classes that are only offered in the during practice times or at night so you're either leaving practice a little bit early you know if it's like something in your major and you have to do it then you have to leave uh, practice sometimes to do it or you can't practice some days because you have to go to class or uh, even after practice you have to go to night classes so basically for some guys that would be you get up early in the morning for workouts uh, and treatment and stuff then you go to class you eat lunch hurried you know you eat lunch in a hurry you get to meetings you go to practice uh, right from practice you get another quick round of treatment and then you go back to class afterward and then you do study hall and none of that really – that's just a crazy day that you go through every day. And then, oh, by the way, you're playing Florida or Alabama on Saturday sometimes. Now, if you do it this way, basically you know that you are going to be out of the building by noon just about every day. So you can get your football stuff done, all of it, from like 7 or 7.30 a.m. to like noon. And then you have from noon until the rest of the day to get all of your academic stuff done. And it is just so much simpler. It's simpler for academic schedules. It's simpler for the players. Uh, it's simpler for coaches. Coaches also get to spend a little more time in the afternoons recruiting and or seeing their families, which they like. For me, it just seems like much, much, much better as a way to go about things. And uh, during the Dooley era, they did it that way. Then Butch came in. Butch was not a morning person at all. He just didn't. He he wasn't. You could tell that first year. Kind of. I think they did it the first spring. Yeah, and he hated. It. To, like you could see his face. Set. Yeah, you could see his face. He just hated it, man. He he looked like me in the morning with like the bags under the eyes and like grumpy. Just not a morning guy. So, but then they switched it immediately back to the afternoon, and then that had no. And then. Pruitt was like, whatever, we can do it in the afternoon. That's fine. So 
I like this way better, and I think that helps Tennessee. And, you know, Oregon, a lot of other programs, Auburn throughout the years, a lot of people have done it this way, and they've had a lot of success. So I think it makes sense. Uh, and then for the vaccines, I'll, I'll only say this, because um, you got to be careful how you say everything these days because, you know, everybody gets upset about everything. Um, so there is my personal opinion um, is that uh, I got vaccinated as quickly as I could. My wife did. Everybody in my family did. Uh, no side effects. It's been awesome. I wish everyone would get the vaccine unless you had like a legit medical reason to not do it um, because I think that's, you know, my my personal belief is that you have the right to swing your fist, but when it punches me in the face, uh, you don't have that right anymore. I think kind of diseases are the same way. That's me personally, but I'll throw that out of the way and and because I'm never going to tell anyone what to do with their lives. I, I think here's the argument that needs to be made. If you are Tennessee, you have enough hurdles you have enough obstacles right now in your path. Why in the world would you want to add another one? And if you can get to 80% as a team, you know, a lot of your, your, your best players can get uh, you know, away from some of these sort of really restrictive, really invasive, um, really risky um, tests multiple times every week, contact tracing stuff, going back into protocols. I just don't know why, if you're Tennessee, you would even dream of adding this to your plate. Now, every player's got their own decision to make. Again, my personal belief, swing your fist wherever you want. Just don't hit me in the face with it. Um, but I'm talking. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the pure logistics of it. And if you're a Tennessee football fan... and well, You just got to look back to last year yeah, and, and all the headaches they had. Yes, and if, you don't want ten, if you're a Tennessee football fan and you don't want the Vols to forfeit any games this season... By God, you better care about how many of them get vaccinated because that's going to matter. I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty simple. You know, I think that's just a, that's not a, um, you know, science political. That, that that's just a, a matter of fact. You're t- if you're Tennessee, you're not at eighty percent. A lot of your peers are at eighty percent. You are inherently putting another disadvantage on your plate heading into a season where you've already got a lot of disadvantages. I don't disagree. I think you're spot on with that. I think, and again, this is not any sort of comment on personal preferences, beliefs, all that stuff. This is just from a, here's what happens if you get vaccinated in the SEC. You have you don't have to worry about these other things that could trip you up or could make you miss a game if you're a player or make you miss practice time. And so, um, and again, if you're Tennessee, I think you just have to point to, um, okay, this was this was an issue for us not that long ago because they started spring practice a few days late because they did a, they had to sort of pause thing for a minute. That was precautionary. It wasn't that big a deal. But just look at last year. If you're a returning player, you just got to point to last year when they had guys that were missing 28 days or more of preseason practice and, you know, it, because of contact tracing yeah. and testing, all that stuff. It ruined, you had two different games that got moved. I mean, there was just – it was just so – It ruined one game more this entire season. Like for Wanya Morris, yeah, he ruined his entire year. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Jalen McCullough was a guy that took a lot of heat for the way he was playing. He barely practiced preseason because he was uh, in, in quarantine. So, uh, yeah, it's just regardless of all else, the SEC and Tennessee, they can't make these players do it. But they can educate, which is what they are doing, and Hypel made as much. Uh, and, and you can incentivize and say that if you are vaccinated, you don't have to worry about these things. So, Moving on. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that's a good place to, 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 to leave that part of the discussion. I think with the NCAA punishment, I, I think I get why Heupel has to say what he says, uh, and, and, and I can't help but wonder if 
all this NIL stuff being passed now is going to make the NCAA think twice about hammering somebody who violated some of these things before. Um, again, and even with the NIL stuff now, you can't get money from the university itself. So that still would be a violation. Some of those allegations would still be a violation now uh, if they occurred as they did allegedly during the previous coaching staff's regime. But um, if those guys could go get NIL deals with local companies, they wouldn't need to take that money. So I can't help but wonder if that's going to play a factor too because you, you have all these rules out there now and you're saying, you know, hey, um, by the way, you're in trouble for something that, you know, that you did before. It's kind of not illegal. It's kind of illegal now, right? Yeah, it's it's like you look at some hey. of the states. You look at states that have passed some of these, like marijuana is now legal laws. Some of them are looking into going in and exonerating or, or dismissing all previous convictions for those, you know, minor marijuana offenses because they're like, it's legal now. That's stupid. What are we doing? It's sort of the – I can't help but wonder if the NCAA stuff is going to be some of the same. Well, the big thing with Tennessee, and, and they're hoping that, uh, you know, Tennessee found these things, right? They They – they self-reported this. They self-investigated it. They brought the. They've had the NCA in the loop since December, with everything that's gone on. They're hoping their actions there. They're hoping that the swift action they took, basically cleaning house with the head coach, the assistant coaches, uh, the recruiting staff that were involved, terminated all of them. The aide, the athletic director who hired the head coach is gone. They're hoping that cleaning house uh, and, and and keeping the NCAA involved and doing a lot of self investigating self-reporting all that stuff they're hoping that will ultimately lead to leniency um if i was tennessee i wouldn't self-impose anything because i mean what what, i I don't think a bull ban is a really big i don't think that's a big deal and you're already under the 85 anyway you don't need to impose scholarship reductions because you've more or less had scholarship reductions imposed upon you by what's happened this offseason anyway so um i mean i think i think i did the numbers earlier this month and uh, I think they're I think they're at 82 scholarship players, and that includes I think 10 or 11 super seniors who don't count anyway, so um, don't count toward the 85. So I, I don't think you need to do that, but that's just my personal preference, or that's just my personal opinion, I should say. But we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and the NCAA also, you look at it, they, they've um, they've basically gone in and you know recently with like LSU and you know UNC. Both of them have given a double finger salute to the NCAA at every single step of the process, and it has not mattered. Uh, LSU will still, still see how we'll see how that ends up. We don't know, uh, but UNC basically gave the NCAA a double finger salute and mooned them the entire process and got nothing. He golden, and, they goldened him. Yeah, yeah, and then Missouri, you know, basically threw itself at the mercy of the NCAA and then got a worse punishment than I think it should have. So the NCAA, that's why Hypo can say all he wants to. I have no idea. I don't pretend to know what the NCAA is going to do. I just never do. So we, you never, Yeah, nobody does. We'll see there. And quickly, Pat, we only got a couple minutes before we got to step out of here. Um, but anything else? Because we'll have to do another podcast on this later now because we've run out of things uh, time with, with what we have here. Anything else from uh, Media Day that you just think you got to get out there? Um, there yeah, just to, to clear up, obviously there was a lot of talk about Joe Milton. Um, and the reason there was a lot of talk about Joe Milton is because he's the new guy, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's the main thing. No one had talked about Joe Milton since he joined the program back shoot, I think it was at the end of April that he was in town, uh, maybe even before that. So um, that was the reason why that was a common um, question that that Heifel got asked, that Bayless Jones got at, that Bayless Jones Jr. got asked, that Alante Taylor even got asked. Um, that doesn't mean that, that Milton's some sort of front runner for the job. Heifel made that clear that 
the quarterback position is going to be earned and it's going to be earned. Um, something that he said that was interesting was, uh, and, and you, you would think that this is, you know, a no, you would think this is sort of assumed, but it's not always been the case in Tennessee is that the other players on your team need to know that your quarterback earned that job. Um, and, and so it's going to be determined who, you know, who, who performs well in practice. You know, people don't want to hear that oh, we, they're getting another quarterback that's a good practice player, but for, for you to, for any of these guys to win the starting job going into Bowling Green in six weeks, they're going to have to be good in practice. That's all that the staff has to go on. So, um, but yeah, there are a lot of good reviews about Milton. I've, I've, I'm on record saying I think he will be the guy. Um, but them talking about him so much wasn't some sort of campaign. It wasn't some sort of PR move. It wasn't anything like that. It was this guy's new. Why'd you get him? What do you like about him? What's he done since he's got to campus? That was, that, that was sort of the reason for that. And, um, and also a lot of talk about the other transfers and, uh, that Tennessee's brought in. And I think Tennessee's going to be counting on a lot of those guys. You know, they, they added two guys at each level of defense and probably all of them are going to play quite a bit. So, um, and, and you know, that this roster needed that. So, uh, we'll have plenty of time to get into the quarterback battle, I'm sure. But that's something that a lot of people, that was one of the main talking points was Joe Milton was a talking point, but that is not necessarily going to guarantee that he's going to be Tennessee starting quarterback. He obviously has to go out and earn it. Um, yeah, I think the I other think... guys, the other guys will make sure that, um, that he, he asked to earn it because it's going to be based on, on how they, how they perform in practice. Yeah. I think Hendon Hooker might also have something to say about that too. I, I, I still think he's a guy with his experience and, I think he's a guy to to still keep an eye on in that competition. And the only other thing I want to add before we step out of here, uh, this was thanks to a social media post uh, that we found. I don't know if it came up during media days or not, Uh, but it seems like uh, Pat hashtag team Rucker is already the fastest player on the Tennessee football team. And he just got, I was trying to get out of this podcast by bringing that up. I mean, you want to say who the fastest player on the team is the numbers say it's uh, it's uh, hashtag team Rucker. It's freshman defensive back Deshaun Rucker. So, yeah, so all I'm saying is that we're good. We're good at sports, man. Look at Jake Rucker, Deshaun. Now we're just we're good at sports. A, co- a couple of players posted a, a, a picture of the video board from a workout last week where they they showed the top speed, um, and the top speed among the skill players was was uh, Deshaun Rucker, who uh, has been on campus for about two months. Really nice player, I think he's going to be. Um, uh, and that's not to get you to talk more about him, but. Uh, yeah, we always knew he was fast, um, but he, he is um, – I think he was at 22.9 miles per hour. That's correct. Um, and so if you're – and he, he edged out – I got to look up – I got to look up. It was on Javante Payton's Twitter. Um, yeah, Javon- I think somebody put on – I think somebody put it on Instagram too. Yeah, Val- the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Jalen Wright, uh, Valus Jones Jr., Javante Payton, those were the guys up there with him, I think. Yeah, it was – um, Rucker at twenty two nine, Hyatt was twenty two seven, twenty two three was Jalen Wright. If you're moving faster than both those Jalen's, you're moving pretty fast. Uh, Bayless Jones is at twenty two three, and Javante Payton was at twenty two. Payton also had the top acceleration rate, um, and so that was uh, also notice- noticeable. Uh, how about Jeremy Banks getting up there twenty one point seven miles an hour? That is moving for a man who's in the probably in two twenty five two thirty pound range. That is a fast um, linebacker, yes. And and do. They had in the quote unquote big skill category, Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton were also up there too at, at over 20 miles an hour. And Princeton Payne, who I think is going to have a good year. So there you go. um, people like to know this stuff. And I, I always wonder why teams don't um, maybe talk about this stuff, stuff more, this thing that they do in the, in the summer. And they obviously they, they measure this stuff with the GPS, uh, the catapult system. I think Tennessee has a lot of, you know, the uninformed will look at it, the, 
the, the workout photos and see them in what look like sports bras. And yes, they are sports bras, but they also have GPS monitors that track all sorts of information that they use. Um, and that's been going on uh, for years at Tennessee and at, at a lot of other programs. Through Alabama does a lot of sports science stuff. So it is, um, it's all the rage. But, and I do want to clear up, and uh, I did ask Bayless Jones because he was talking about some of the speed they've got at receiver with him and, and Hyatt. Uh, and, and Jimmy Holiday and Jimmy Callaway, and I asked him who the fastest player on the team was, and uh, I got to credit Bayless. He was like, "I'm not going to say anybody is faster than me until they prove it." Uh, and so he even teased that if if it had if it came down to it at the end of the season, he would put a uh, he teased that they might do a race at the end of the season. He'll put it on his YouTube page. Well, there you go, and that is good Who's promotion for his YouTube page. Right. Uh, that was the other the other thing is that uh, I do want to throw in that Alante Taylor is he's not doing nil stuff. Um, and, and that's what I thought would be interesting about this is that you're going to have guys that are going to make it a big deal. And you're also going to have guys that are not going to, and, and Alante is one of those guys who's kind of putting it to the side. He said he, uh, declined it, had a couple of offers to do sort of NIL deals, whether that's sponsorships, partnerships, endorsements, whatever. Um, and, uh, he, he said that he was declining those. Alante's got a lot going on. He was just in Belize with the Vol Eaters Academy. He's part of the uh, SAC student, the student athletic advisory committee on Tennessee's campus. Uh, he's in a, he's in a fraternity, uh, on campus. He's also on the SEC football leadership council. He's got a lot going on. Um, and he would be a marketable guy for this program, but he is, um, he, he's turning down and I, and he's not focusing on the NIL stuff to uh, focus on his senior season. And for a guy like him, it was getting some, getting some pub from Jim Nagy, the, the senior bowl executive director, Probably a smart move because if Alante has a good year, he could potentially get drafted and, and make his money that way. Uh, so yeah, and he already and he, look, uh, but, and he looks like a he looks like a congressman in waiting too. Already. True, he does. And you contrast that with Bayless Jones, who said he would he partnered up with like two different people, um, two different or two different sort of companies for stuff, and um, and so yeah, lots of good stuff from last week. Yeah, lots and lots of good stuff, and we'll have plenty more to discuss. But right now, uh, we have to go on and step out of here. But uh, generally speaking, uh, it, it is now football time in Tennessee. Uh, spring camp will be starting here very soon. Uh, we got a lot more stuff to discuss going on starting next week. Uh, just plenty, plenty, plenty of stuff. I mean, we still got the, you know, the the basketball draft. We're still going to talk to Vitello soon and all that stuff. But but it's let's be honest, guys. Uh, it, it's 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 somewhere between middle and late July now. Uh, camp's going to start on the fourth. Uh, it is darn near football time in Tennessee, so you know that's exactly where this focus is. Can y'all hear be. the excitement and what's his voice? No, I, I, hey, uh, well, my voice sounds awful right now because I had surgery two weeks ago, and my man, my nose still hurts like crazy, uh, and it's stopped up. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's I think it's going to I think it's going to be fun, man. I think it's going to be. Uh, we might see more points this year. I, that could be fun. It'd be hard not to see more points this year. That's that's a really good point. Thanks, Pat. Unless you got anything else, man, well, let's go ahead and step out of here. I'm good. All right, Take thanks. care. Thanks, man. And you know what? If I can find that button, guys. There it is. There it is. That'll do it for this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Whatever day it is, whatever time of day it is, we do appreciate you spending part of it with us. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, if you want just Tennessee news in your Twitter feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govoss 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govoss 24-7, which we update pretty much every hour, all day, every day. Tons and tons and tons of stuff on there. Uh, but if you want the best, most delicious, sparkling, clear, 
smoky mountain spring water right from the tap. Just that goodness, Ronnie Millsap style. Go get that at GoVols247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, all things Lady Vols with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering the Lady Vols for us in all those sports. You can get all that, plus you can get access to our two forums, which are the Checkerboard and the Summit. Uh, And as long as it's not political or religious in nature, you can talk about anything you want to talk about, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And depending on what time of day it is, just about one of us, at least one of us, will be up pretty much all day long to get to your questions. So if you want to talk about Tennessee, you want to talk about SEC, you want to talk about this Texas-Oklahoma stuff, you want to talk about college sports, you want to talk about professional sports, you want to talk about what you're growing this year in your uh, your yard garden, where you're going to go on vacation, where you should go on vacation, what's going on in your life. We've had people help each other with personal problems on there. Guys, anything that's not political or religious in nature, you can go talk about it with us all day, every day in addition to probably 20-plus stories every single day on Tennessee Athletics. And you can get all of that for the low, low price of less than one mediocre lunch per month. And right now, if you hurry to GoVols247.com until, I believe, about midnight uh, Central Time or so, uh, probably about 1 a.m. Eastern Time, just here in about nine or so hours after I'm recording this, if you hurry up now, you can get it for 50% off of your first year, which is a hell of a deal. And if you pay us that full price, uh, if you pay us the price, guys, which again is less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity. As long as you're paying us, you get access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. There's all kinds of new movies on there, just tons of stuff. Watch all the Indy Jones movies on there. Tons of Paramount classics. Uh, every show CBS has made, commercial free. Lots and lots of CBS shows. Every you know, Lots of Paramount Plus originals that are on there. Also commercial free. Lots of new movies, lots of old movies. Plus you get uh, live sports, vol stuff, uh, NFL stuff, SEC stuff, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, plus you get access to the catalogs of Smithsonian, Comedy Central, MTV, BET, and Nickelodeon for the kiddos. All of that, that's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free, for free. No one else can do that. We can do that. Go take advantage of it right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it right now. If nothing else, you should hear from us again by Monday at the latest, unless there's big breaking news before that. So until then, guys, uh, just just be careful out there. That that Delta variant's out there, and it's getting lots of new cases, and we don't want to go through all that hell again. So please take care of yourself. Please be aware of your surroundings. Please be good to each other. Until then, we'll see you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.